What's that spot? Terminators. What? You see a Terminator? Woof, 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 woof. Where? Where? Over there, you fucking tit. Look at him. Oh, He's yeah. He's big. It's a it's a, a woman. This is a lady Terminator. Wow, Terminatrix. This is the craziest twist we've seen yet. Yes, it's when will it end? I'm Josh. This is Charles. We watch movie franchises start to finish. We tell you, when did it get good, bu- good, good? We did tell him that. Did we ever tell him that? Did we tell him that before? We have every episode. Every episode where it's good. <laughs> yeah, we tell them whether it's good, good, right, or bad. Oh yeah, frequently when it's bad. Um, and yes, we are of course watching the Terminator franchise, and uh, we got a little good recovery. Thank you. That could have gone so bad when I couldn't say the word good or bad, and just had to split the difference and say Yeah, that was I mean, that part was bad, but not great. Recovery was excellent. Yeah, it's good. It's the best part of a recovery is to really draw a beat on it and focus on it for a little bit. I would have fled. I would have thrown the microphone. Many a recording session, I've had to, you know, stop Charles from actively fleeing the record, like yeah. hurling his mic down. I'm strapped in, tearing his shirt off, making it go for a window. I know a lot of people say I'm strapped in when they're like excited to see a movie, but you strap me in every episode, like literally, yeah, yeah, right. Um, like in Terminator Two, much like in Terminator Two, when she's screaming, "No, no, you lick my face every, no, don't every lick time. my face, it's bad." <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> but you know what's fun? What's fun? Uh is we're not really saying yuck about Terminator 3. No, and we were talking about like having to, to flee. You know, I think uh, we were really frustrated with the T2. I think like, you know, it's easy to file that away as like a contrarian, you know, stir in the pot kind of take. But it's really not a very fun movie and it's really pretty disappointing. No. And I would say much like a Jaws 4, when you come off of something that's just generally across the board exhausting and annoying like Jaws 3, where it's just sort of like on almost every front, you're not really getting very much back. You know, I think it's. I like rooting for movies that aren't very good. I, I like movies that are like fine. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of like mediocre movies. Yeah, um, I think that's what critics. I mean, I don't. I don't I remember, we didn't really check. Did Did this get really bad reviews? Well, that's a good question. I'll, I'll look into that. But okay, yes. because it's it's usual that you know something like this would get a really bad review just because I don't know. For some reason, it had a two hundred million dollar budget, and it looks like a sci-fi original movie from the 90s. I don't really understand. Well, they, I, they hard pivot into like to, to early thousand CGI, some of which is r- truly like Blizzard entertainment cutscene level, yeah. which I'm not, that's not a knock to Blizzard, but this is a big movie. And some of it's no, like, and also the whole, when Blizzard does it, it's the entire world is CGI, so it's more of an animated thing. This is, you're seeing it in a live action movie. Uh, but it's sort of like nice to like go through a movie, especially after watching T2 and be like, wow, this has a story. This has characters that have arcs that are interesting. Uh, I, I don't hate John Connor. I don't hate I don't John like Connor. violently want him to die at the hands of a robot. No, this is actually, uh, I think, a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. <laughs> well, we were talking about, like, does this scrape the heights of a C plus or a B minus? I may be more team C plus. This is a adequate watchable enjoyable movie i like the decisions they make with it i think they are trying to course correct after t2 and do a pretty good job on most of the fronts that we identified from the last you know episode so yeah i mean this is like i like i love i think claire danes is great in this yeah playing a wobbly lipped uh, 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 you know dad my fiance i will say she takes the death of her fiance like a champ she She takes that like a fucking baller she calls her dad and he's like I'm not sure I'm on board with this one. And she goes, you and me both, Papa. Oh, he's dead? Yeah, crumbs. Yeah, she cares more about her Papa. She does care so much about her Papa, who, as we all know, should have been played by by Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, that would have Which is a, a, a source of real frustration for me. He is my, Bruce Greenwood is my go-to military dad. Yeah, you made me make a Bruce puppet. Yes. And then you forced me to get right in front of the TV and you're like, follow it around. And I would just like have a little puppet on a stick and I put it in front of Bruce. I made it in so many different sizes. I slept with that puppet and still to this day. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I mean, it was Ever yesterday. since yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It's well, been, God, who knows how long. That's a day. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about T2. Um, I want to start with the, the foundational thing here. In in the end of, of uh, Wait, sorry, T3, T- okay. excuse me. So Charles is sick right now and it's just spreading plague around the recording I'm studio. Not, I'm just putting it mostly into myself. Yeah, well, you're now breathing onto everything. You cannot, That's true. Much like a Terminator, you cannot control your one mission in life, which is to exterminate human life, namely me. Um, yeah, so okay, at the end of T2, we've destroyed Cynet. 
Cyber Cyberdyne and Skynet, Cynet. Who gives wow, a you're shit? You're doing this a lot today. Uh, we're, it's morning. It's Dude. morning and we're waking up and I'm refreshed yeah. and I'm mm, smelling the tea. And I'm you're, gonna... But you're a radio professional. Yeah, I know. But normally I, you know, I record then then go fuck shit piss. Then I, then I go back and re-record and go shit fuck fuck fuck. How many how many takes are you? It really depends. On a... You, I think it really you got to heat up a little bit. I think you know no one just sits down and knocks it out. I think you got to like get in gear. Yeah. I'll just read shit out loud. When I have a sore throat and I'm worried about my my throat being gone, you'll hear me being like, Josh Landy's one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, just to see like what my range is like. Like it's a really weird, obsessive thing. Yeah. I, I can see the biopic of you is when you're like 60, that's going to be like, you're going to be taking some sort of whatever drugs are popular in, in what, 30 years from now? If, uh, yeah. Penicillin. Yeah. 30 years from oh, now. Shit. Yeah. And you're just going to be like screaming like Josh Landy's one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. When is going to be a scene of you just saying that over and we over think again? Sam Rockwell? Sam Rockwell could play me? I mean, he'll be dead by the yeah, time. that's true. From the radiation poisoning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or the death squads. Fuck. Yeah. But yes, at the end of T2, we've destroyed Cyberdyne and Skynet. Things are a little ambiguous as to exactly what's happened in the larger scope of things. So T3 kicks off with a little bit of John Connor, now played for the third time in the series, but can you remind me how T two ends? So he he kills himself. Uh, well, he kills the the T one thousand, and he <laughs> sinks. He kills himself as to eliminate all evidence of Terminators. And we're except for the arm that he forgets to pick up, right? It's, which he left behind in a machine, yep. which is a big dangling. I'm chad. so glad they didn't mention that in T three. It'd be really exhausting if they keep making the same Terminator mistake and yeah. it keeps having the same disastrous consequence. You know, how would it not? That's the whole premise of two. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's so fucking dumb. Okay, anyways. But, so, yeah. so what what happens at the end? Like, because I remember the first one ends, and it's like this little tiny chapter is done, but you get a sense that like everything's going to get fucked up. How does the second one end? I mean, at the top of my head, I mean, he he dies and it cries. I don't know. That's all I remember too. So, right. like, just as far as an ending, that's. I mean, who knows? Maybe it ended differently. We're not going to bother to check. Well, I'm checking right now. I want to make sure we're not, like again. This is what I'm saying. It's it's pretty exhausting. Yeah, that movie. So. Just to remember that one, but like. Just to, I th- I feel like oh yeah this dumb oh it's such a bad ending it goes to another Sarah uh, Connor uh, oh yeah uh, voiceover monologue, yeah the unknown future rolls towards us I face it for the first time with a sense of hope because if a machine a Terminator oh, can God. learn the value of human life maybe we oh, can too oh my God oh that's Burn. right the road it shows the road going forward and that yeah. fucking bullshit woof God what a fucking garbage pile so like R- real trash it also sort of it's so contained. It's so big and so contained. I never got a sense that like I didn't care about the future. It, it, like the first one was like, "Wow, this is gonna be cool." There's like fucking robot armies still out there. It doesn't they didn't do anything other than not die? Yeah, they get through an episode of a much larger conflict. And this one, they're like, "We blew up the the people that are gonna make it." So you know what? Just the tech. They didn't kill any people. That's the whole thing. They love human life in two. It's true. Right. So in three, we kick things off with a big old round of healthy old exposition. Yeah. Do you remember the exposition? Because it's delightful. Uh, go for it. John Connor, now played by Nick Stahl, the third person to play John Connor in the three movies so far, goes, Wait. In the future, I'm king of the fucking army robot killing human guys, and we won. But guess what? It didn't actually happen, so none of that happened. Uh, we didn't do it at all. It hasn't happened yet, so I'm just a weird hobo who pounds you know, fucking pills he takes from an animal shelter to survive in a motorcycle accident because he can't even kill a deer. He can't even go around the corner on his motorbike to hit a deer. No. He loves life that much. He does love life. And but... no one knows that he's a future not yet hero that might not happen. So his yeah. life is kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's a really good take on that character. Because like, you're told your whole life, he was what, 10, 11, 12? How old was he in T2? I think 10. 10. Like if you're told from 0 to 10 that you're like the savior, you're for some fucking messiah. And if the way you deal about it is by going, everyone tells me I'm going to be the messiah, that I'm going to be a hero. Yeah, what? I'm going to be a hero when I'm older. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like to have this character have that be a part of his persona for his entire life up till that point, 10 years later, it's like, yeah, it's hard to fucking come down from that. Well, even but more bizarrely, though, they show us footage of old John Connor beating the robots in the future. So that yeah. they, they provide us with that piece of like massive canonic like information that... In the beginning of T3, in the theoretical world where I guess the events of T2 didn't happen, John Connor would have won. 
And now we're back to square one where it hasn't happened because of the events of T2. Yeah. I'm trying to chart this as we look over this franchise. Yeah. And, and it's weird ups and downs of what's happening in the larger, not yet seen conflict. We've, well, we've now seen clips from it from T1 and T2 and marginally in this movie. But the least future footage yet, I would say, in this one. Yeah, we, we haven't talked about skulls at all yet, which is weird. Every movie begins with tank treads rolling over mountains of human skulls, which fucking rules. It does rule. Awesome. Yeah, it really rules. Yes. Uh, it's it's just a great motif. I'm glad they keep using it. Yeah, this one was pretty cool. He throws some a Budweiser off a bridge, and then it like turns into skull water. Yeah, it's actually for all the weird CGI bullshit, I did love the uh, the cut from underneath the, the 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 bed of the river to the massive fucking battleground covered in like spotlights and tanks and helicopters, and that was really cool. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. So this, I think this movie is. Not a masterpiece, obviously. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it's it's com- it's competent and likable, and just less like getting the, the maudlin themes of two that are so irritating and so condescending are mostly gone. Yeah, which is just great. It's like a reset. It feels fresh. Yeah, I, I think every single character, uh, including Linda Hamill's character, she doesn't even appear in the movie, and I like her character better than in T two. We, we learn about I, her death. Yeah, she fucking dies of cancer. It's fucking... It's, it's just sad. It's yeah, great. Right. It's like she's gone her whole life being plagued by all this shit, and she just dies from regular shit. It's like when Buffy's mom dies of Don't the aneurysm. Don't tell me. Fuck, dude. I'm fucking watching that show. Sure, she dies Fuck. of an aneurysm. Oh, my God. What are and you it's, doing? And it's, it's sad because Buffy's been prepared for a supernatural attack on her family her whole life, but no, just an aneurysm kills her. Very unexpected. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I agree in the theory that nothing can be spoiled if it's good. Well, we've really tested that, haven't we? We have. Yeah. And also, someone told me that she fucks Spike. Uh, Spike sexually assaults her in the sixth season. Oh. I heard they like got together. They do get together, but then it evolves into a compl- Then eventually, Spike sexually assaults her. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, this is going to be exciting It's stuff. a very controversial plot point. Damn. That both makes sense given Spike and also is uh, a bit brutal. Maybe it's season seven. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyways, look forward to that on Buffy the Vampire Slayer at uh, Charles <laughs> next on, week. Yeah, next week on. So when I was we'll thinking, end. do you want to go character by character again? Yeah, let's do it. I okay, think it could be really good to show like how each character is much more full. Yeah. Okay. So I want to start with John Connor, who again, again we started with him last as time. a child. No, we did not start with him last time. We we worked our way over to. Who do we start with last? Oh, Lindell. Lindell, yeah. yeah. Um, John Connor in T two is fucking unbearable. Edward Furlong is a nightmare. I hate the character. He's just like. Talks out loud everything he's feeling in a way that is is very irritating. Yeah. Just drives me crazy. And we can't blame him entirely. No, it's clearly a very bad script that puts that much, like, weight on one actor, regardless of age, to pull off, like, a massive amount of, like, emotional work in a movie where he's literally talking it out. It sucks. Yeah. In this movie... He's a little scrappy motherfucker, more like Reese in the first movie where he's running around. Yep. He's like injured as shit. He's useless. He's like really fucked up. And like people look at him as like an object of like pity and scorn. Like he's not cool at all. He's not like, oh, cowabunga on my scooter or whatever, like dumb bullshit in the second movie. Yeah. He's like on the run and it's cool. We have that fugitive sense again. And even better, his new, well, again, as they aggressively retcon the series into new relationships, the the person who we're, we, we now believe to be his future wife and partner, Catherine Brewster, played by the great Claire Danes, like, traps him in a dog cage. It was like, wait, you're John Connor. Like, I remember you. What the fuck happened Yeah, we to made you? out in middle school. Right. And she's just like, what? what is going on? But yeah, I think that character, as I said before, it's like, it's just more interesting. It has places to go. It starts from a place that we know. Like, it's, it's a really this complex that he has. He's like, I want to be important, but I'm not. And it's like his whole life sucks. Yeah, he's like waiting forever now. He's like, I know we've averted this timeline, but I have no idea what's going to happen next. Or even, like, he's living in limbo. I prefer his character to Lyndall Hamilton's character in T2. I think her character is just like, she's, she, knows, she knows what people don't know, and she needs to get out of this mental institution, and she hates it. And here he's just like... This sort of sad sack piece of shit. I don't know that he's a great... He's a pretty good actor. I like his little, like, sad, quiet voice. And I just think it's, like, a really interesting arc to to bring a character... Like, Linda Hamilton is still... She's going to be a badass queen. She's, like... She's going to shoot some fucking robots. And he's just, like... I don't even know if I want to. Like, is it selfish of me to want the end of the world in order to be important? Or should I just let this all go? Well, well even better, um, he's armed with a paintball gun. 
which yeah. is super fucking pathetic and funny. That's like pathetic. he's just like really trying to like get by. Like he has no like he's not cool at any point. And then no. later in the movie, he does the threatened self suicide. Was that with the paintball gun? I couldn't get the tone of that. I think it was a real gun. Okay, I thought, I, I I like, thought the same thing. Right, it, it could have been a paintball. A, a fun gun. little throwback. Yeah, still paintballing. <laughs> still paintballing. Yeah. The life of but, John. But yeah, Connor. so we're watching this guy like basically respond in real time to the fact that like, no, wait, I was waiting for the right thing, and now it's going to happen, and now he's got to like kick into gear. And the whole movie is about that arc of him going from like, maybe I have absolutely no role in this society, and I'm just, I am just a fucking crazy person waiting for nothing. And then by the end, he's like, nope, this is the role I was born to play, and now I shall play it. Yeah, and but even that's complicated because his role that he's born to play is based on the destruction of the world. Like he is right. not important unless this thing happens. Yeah. And then, he has to actively fight against it. Like when it comes to the end of the movie, he could escape and survive with who he learns is his future wife. Um, or he could go and rescue the dad and put an end to everything and right. go back to being a shithead. What makes the movie great is that they, they really throw you a curveball at the end, which we'll get to. But, like, yeah, he makes the choice to, like, no, we'll risk everything to go stop it from ever happening. Right. Like, he, like he actually has this beautiful moment where he's like, no, I don't need to be the hero of the future. I, we can stop it now. Let's just stop it now. I don't care if I die. Yeah. It's, it's pretty great stuff. I really like this character. Right. It, it's interesting. I think, like, unlike 2, where it's sort of like, it's pretty unclear what like the, how it's going to resolve itself. I, I think it's just a lumpy plot that doesn't really deliver on a lot. And this movie really does even better when his expectations are again stymied by a little trick from the term term term. But we'll get to that because yeah. he tricked trick him real good. Yeah, he tricked him real good. Do you want to move on to? Well, this isn't Skynet. And he poops himself. Yeah, yeah, no, it gets real. It gets this movie gets very Half Life towards the end, which I was loving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want to move on to the Terminator? Do you have anything else to say about the JC? Um, no, I think we covered most of the major ground here. Um, I mean, yeah, he does a little, a little bit of exposition dial. I mean, uh, that's the thing with sci-fi is like you have to figure out how to do the exposition because people going into a robot time travel movie, you need to explain the world. Yeah, like I'm a fucking writer. I have a degree in it. I wrote science fiction. Sure. And every... interesting uh, verb tense there. Yeah, I don't write it anymore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Not since The Martian, the ultimate piece of sci fi. <laughs> uh, no one understood what was going on in my book because I chose not to include very much exposition. Uh huh. And I sort of did that on purpose, you know, because I'm a more subversive writer. I'm a pretty exceptional, gifted, talented writer. Yeah, many would agree. Yeah, and I don't really care if you understand what I write. Is your book on Goodreads? No. We gotta get it up there because those are the smartest people in the fucking world. Yeah, I, I can't wait for some reviews on that one. Yeah, um, but if you're a normal person that actually wants people to understand what you're writing, you gotta have some exposition thrown in there. And I think John Connor is the one that lays it out for us. Um, some of the, his he does have a couple of voiceovers. He's got some scenes where he's like talking sort of at us. Um, I think it's not nearly as bad as T2, but right up there with T1 in terms of just like. There are scenes where we have to know this, and I think he pulls it off. I think okay, he this, does this pretty is well. Nowhere near the quality of T1. No, no, I'm just saying in terms of giving us the exposition. Yeah, yeah. This is like right up there with like T1. There are scenes of about two or three minutes of a man screaming at us, telling us what is going on. He's so dirty. He's so dirty. Yeah. He's so like crazy looking. We, can we believe him? We can because we've seen it. <laughs> we've seen it and that's the power of movies but yes I think we've covered JC pretty thoroughly yeah he, he does he, he carries out the role in a similar manner to the great Mike Bean Bean Mike Bean Mike Bean Mike Bean Mike Bean I believe it's Kyle Reese. Yes, okay. Which I want to actually go next to Catherine Brewster, if that's okay with Let's you. Let's do Claire it. Danes. Yeah. So um, Claire Danes in this movie, uh, she's a veteran, veterinarian, so we know she's good. Like I think that's my favorite bit of like lazy coding in movies is if someone's like a school teacher, especially a woman, if you're a veterinarian or a school teacher, you're obviously good. Yeah. Like I in think, Kindergarten Cop, Schwarzenegger's right. obviously good. Right. Yeah. I'm a cop, you idiot. What does your daddy do? He's not a tumor. He's not a tumor. I feel like I'm the impersonator. There is no bathroom. The impersonator's back, everybody. Wow. Legendary impersonator Charles Hobby. But first you'll sign this contract, and then I'll shove it into your stomach and rip out your goddamn spine. Well, it's, pretty, it's like I'm in the room with Arnie. Yeah. Um, by the way, who uh, we do see naked again. Thank God. Thank fucking yeah. God. But okay, so so now the, the main love interest for John Carter 
John Carter. <laughs> That'd be so oh, sick. Shit. That crossover. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Wow. And Who would win in a fight? John Carter, the massive muscle-bound Martian explorer, or uh, or our fella, uh, John, John Carter. John, John Carter would. You'd beat the shit out of John yeah, Carter. Yeah, Jesus Christ. John Carter would just be like, stop uh, just, it. Stop. Yeah. This John Carter would, would, just John Carter would be like, you know, like trying to like swing at him like a broken bottle or some shit while he like pukes because he's just fucking pathetic <laughs> and it's awesome. I did like that he was like really high for... Probably most of the movie. Yeah, he gets to the phenobarbital from the 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 the, the, the veterinary clinic. He just like pounds it. He, and he takes so many pills. They're like, I, I. <laughs> and that movie takes place basically in one day, right? Or is it two? Um, it, this is definitely a, a few days. It's a very tight movie, right? So like, if you took that much, he woke. He wakes up after surgering himself. He's still fucked up for yeah. at least that first car chase scene. <laughs> it's really good. Well, it occurs to me. Speaking of like a timeline, um. T2 is a very ambiguous period of time passing, and the, the the goals and the stakes seem kind of like all over the place. The fact that this movie is like, oh, Judgment Day is happening, and it's happening tonight. Like, yeah. that was great. Yeah, like, so that is a big... I'm glad you brought that up. Sure. T2's problem is that it's like, we lose track of the main antagonist. How many... We, like, that would just wouldn't happen. The, the T1000 would be a fucking menace. If that much time goes, I have no idea how much time goes. Like, by. why would it take a break? Okay, yeah. whatever. We, we, see, I we know, get the but idea. it's like this is tight. It's we know the time frame. It's like a Shrek. It's like we can we can sort of count the days that this is happening. We know every sunset, every sundown. I think it's just two days. Right. It's it's a very tight time frame, which really yeah. rules. Which is even funnier given how quickly everyone gets comfortable with the new world pretty rapidly. Which is, I think, a fun hammy movie thing to do. But yeah. No. So Claire Danes plays the new love interest. She's got a cool fiance until. <laughs> Killed by a Terminator, just like everyone else. Everyone loves these movies. Um, But yes, she like basically is like, you know, she's like, who the fuck are you guys? You basically kidnapped me from this horrifying monster that's trying to kill all of us. But you guys are creepy as shit, John Connor and the Terminator. What is going on? She like gradually sort of like, I like that she's someone who's sort of like, she's the audience surrogate and that she like is picking up the story as it goes along, figuring out what's happening. And yet it like, I didn't find her... I don't know. I, 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 it would have been so easy to make like just like a really crappy character. Well, I don't think she's like the greatest character ever written. I really enjoyed her presence, and I don't know the fact that her father. You know, they they write it as such that she's this in a way a really crucial member. You know, because the term is like she is your wifey wife. Yeah, we're like oh he wow. Said that. You're going to put a ring on that. Uh, I think she's probably the least successful character in the movie. Not that she's terrible. I think I would have wanted a little more out of her because the scene where she like beats up John Connor was great. I liked that she was really powerful. She, she, she had the like she's a daughter to the fucking general of space. Yeah, space general. Yeah, I mean, the guy who can like control whether or not Skynet happens, which is yeah. amazing. I like her little relationship with her dad. Like the little phone call at the beginning was really like it was good character building. She's like, oh, no, I'm going to marry this freak. I don't know if I want to. He's like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. I know you're going to make the right decision. As long as you're safe, I'm happy. I was like, oh, fuck. She's not going to be safe soon. Papa's not going to be happy. And he could be pretty dead, too. Yeah, he's going to die. <laughs> but I think she sort of spends most of the movie screaming in the back of a truck. Sure. Which I sort of wish she'd had a little bit more agency than that. I mean, I get it because she's like, Oh my God, robots. Oh my God, self-driving cars. What is this? The year 2019? <laughs> uh, and she, yeah, she'd probably be a little freaked out. If that, if that were happening to me, I'd be freaked out. I'd be screaming in the back of a truck too. But she's a character in a movie. I would, I would have liked a little more of that badassery that she comes forward with in the first scene. So often do I go to bed thinking about you screaming in the back of a truck. Yeah. And would, I'm driving. You're driving. And we're going to the woods. Jesus. To a hole I've dug. So you said, am I tied up? What's what's the situation here? We're going to do marshmallows. We're on a fire. Aww. God, why so morbid? It sounded pretty bad. You're screaming out of joy. A joy screams. Yay! Mallows! Delicious burnt mallows on a grammed cracker. You know, most mallows aren't vegan. Yeah, I know. Why? Because there's horses in them. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. Just get rid of those horses. You ever eaten horses' bones, though? When they're all fucking boiled down, they're delicious. Is it? <laughs> give me that horse bone the sound of josh eating you a boy give me a horse bone yeah that's me demanding a horse bone from josh boy. goes to supermarkets across the country. boy give me a horse bone and boil it down to goop into marshmallow put it into mallow mm. god it was so weird yeah life is crazy life is crazy that you use that there's this plant substance sure and sugar right and horse bone right horse bones what the fuck delicious delicious horse bones <laughs> 
God damn yum, yum, yum. John, John Connor would probably eat a fucking horse bone. He'd be like, mm, free horse bones. Like, <laughs> He's definitely freaking. Yeah. Or what's sure. it called? What's what's the difference between a freegan and like a dumpster diver? I think a dumpster diver is like they're not a freegan is like I will only eat non-vegan when it's given to me for free. Okay, that's what I thought. It's like right. I'm a vegan, but if I see like you're, I've I've confronted this. Like if you had say a pile of chicken on, uh-huh. on a plate, we've talked about this. Yes, yeah, and I often will have just around the house a pile of chicken. Yeah, uh, not cooked. Nope, just feathers, I like bones, and all. Yeah, I, I want to really like seep in the flavor of the chicken. <laughs> Most people hate that. Most people are cowards. Uh, but then say you get sick of it, you get full. And you or leave. I get salmonella, which happens regularly for me. And you leave it. As a, ve- as a good vegan, do I throw that away or do I eat it? Which is better, to waste the animal or to let it into my body? So the hard questions that vegan quest- asks. Yes. And that was, of course, a look inside the vegan mind, our sub-podcast hosted by Charles Hobby. I'm a frequent guest. <laughs> I should start that. Yes. Thoughts of the vegan. A look inside the vegan mind is yes, great. Yes, yes, yes. Seems like some sort of like 80s TV show with like a really cool intro where you're like... Inside the mind of a vegan. I'm your host, Soy McCurley. That's you, Soya McCurley. Soya McCurley. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. No, but uh, I, I, we talked about her. Great. There's a new antagonist in this movie. I'm saving us up for the big term. Okay. So I think we have a lot to All talk right. about there. We now have the TX, who, in some ways, is a little cringy and not entirely well delivered, yeah. and in other ways, is just so much more fun and interesting than the T1000. At the end of the day, yeah. We talked about like the sort of like the affectless, personalityless nature of the T-1000 kind of ultimately works against him. Like, he's so badass and so evil that he ends up kind of coming off as, like, a bit of a cipher with having almost no personality. And they obviously wanted to course correct that, not just with having a female antagonist for the first time, but giving her, like, a bit of a personality that didn't really exist with with the T-1000. What are your thoughts on this? How do you think it landed? Well, I think we need to talk about tone first. Yeah. Because she, I think, fits in this movie because... Whereas the first one was a gross, awful nightmare movie where the comedy is used perfectly. It's just like a middle, like she seems safe. So like having comedy there is appropriate. Well, I think you're talking about like, in, you know, when she's around the, the, the cops who have no idea what's going yeah. on, who are just sort of like bantering. Like it's sort of like this little cute aside sort of thing. And then it cuts back to like truly some real bleak dystopian shit. Yeah. But it's like that scene is like, and maybe some stuff in the beginning, but like the comedy is used when it wants us to feel happy feel safe it's like oh she made it to the cops this We're is fine there are 30 cops in this building she is safe i can i can relax i can laugh a little bit about these two jokers well also of course one of them being the psychiatrist who's now made it through all three movies oh god and in this ha- movie is fucking incredible we got to talk about him he, too. obviously the ptsd he has experienced over the course of three terminator films is catching up to him. let's just take a brief moment to talk about him yes yeah. i think he's we'll get back to tone we'll get back to tx but like just briefly in, we haven't in, really talked about him at all in t1 they you know they've got this fucking like distraught lady showing up telling a crazy story and and, and he just sort of like oh, no, sorry is it, is it reese it's reese it's reese he's right. perfect like i was like he looks like he just got out of bed. He like, definitely he just got out of nice bed. He's, yawn. He's, he's like, wow, this guy's a good actor. He's rubbing the bridge of his nose. He's like, so uh, tell me again about the Terminators. You're from the future, right? He's so arrogant. So then, too, he's like, uh, you know, this. we got Sarah Connor in here. She's fucking crazy. Look at her. She's a caged animal. We don't let her out. Yeah, he's talking to like... Uh, she stabbed me in the knee. His medical students, yeah. And like, you know, again, she, he gets like uh, held hostage by Sarah. Like, he's like really in the accidentally in the meat, the, the real meat of the, the, the Terminator story by showing up to condescend to various characters who believe in the Terminator. Um, and in this movie, he sort of finally gets his like comeuppance where like for a minute he's like, you know, well, uh, you know, PTSD is really real. Uh, some of us have had some really bad experiences with Terminators and... Uh, and you can sort of see the weight of these yeah movies. i forget his lines it's like it can take years to to get back to normal and, and then he's just like or longer and he's like, and he starts, he's like he starts associating in front of everyone yeah. it's great so he finally sees the terminator again in this movie and he's like fuck me and runs the fuck away and it's, runs it's up. finally anyways yes so he's a great like he's like the, the the bearer of the of the comedy torch through these movies and it's so delightful and i think that's you can see the inherent problems with t2 is that he becomes much more important becomes I, I just don't think he works. He's a great actor. He's really fun. I think he inhabits both T T three and T one a lot better. And here, like they just put too much on him. He's like, is he funny? Is he serious? What am I supposed to do with this guy? I think that's a big problem with all of T two. It's like 
I don't know what to do with any of these characters. They don't give me anything to feel like I'm growing with them. Well, they're so bluntly archetypal that like it doesn't feel like there's progress possible. Yeah. And they telegraph what they want to happen so early in that movie and so aggressively and they reiterate it with stupid voiceovers and dumb monologues or it's it's not good. But he's a joy and he was a, a lovely little like he's he and Schwarzenegger are the only two people to be in all three movies, is that right? I believe so cuz Linda Hamilton is not in this one. Yeah, and neither is anyone yeah, Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton are the only two people carrying over to T2, right? Um, who are not to the psychiatrist, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. So psychiatrist and Schwarzenegger, there are... They're the real dream team behind yeah. this franchise. Man, we should do a spinoff. They should do a spinoff series about them. I'm now terrified if he's not in T4. I know, this is going to be bad. I don't think he's in it. I think T4 is all in the future world with Christian Bale. Is that right? I truly do not know. <laughs> but yes, um, getting back to the so TX and the I was tone. just saying pacing and tone. Uh, T2 has no idea what to do with either of them. We've talked about it a little bit this episode. We talked about it a lot last episode. But like, you have this Terminator bad guy who isn't in the movie for like a huge amount of time, a, uh, a conspicuous amount of time. They and then they have a problem with comedy too, where they just like try to make every scene funny. Like where the Terminator is just f- supposed to be funny, even though bad shit's happening. Is like the worst way to make me stop caring about a movie is when you don't understand the tone of your film. Yeah. Also, like. Oh, man, I, I know we're saving this. They, they make the Terminator like a man-child in two, and it sucks. And they, yeah. they totally fix that major tone issue in this movie. Right, but they also do keep it... A, like, he is genuinely funny. We'll talk about him more, but, like, he's genuinely funny without betraying his character. Well said, yeah. And she is genuinely camp. Like, this movie is a little bit funny, a little bit campy. It's It knows exactly what it's doing. Yeah. It maintains pace and tone throughout, and the fact that, like... She grows bigger tits, like a little cringy. Okay, you put it in context. You can't just put this like in a vacuum. What? Why does she do that? Oh, why does she do okay, that? So she, okay, so she. Okay, so first off, we're getting the new. The new I just noticed. Graphics. The, I just noticed the big boobs. I was like, blah blah blah. That's classic red blooded American man, Yeah, you can't control yourself around a 2003 area era vision of sexuality. Yeah. Um. But no. So like, uh, she she arrives on Earth. Like we're now getting a sort of weird globular 3D versions of the the ball that shows up to deliver them from yeah, the future. Cage. Right. Weird. Um, and she shows up, and she's like, you know, what on La Brea, some, some like you know, well-traveled part of uh, Los Angeles. I probably totally fucked that up. Everyone in LA is mad at me now. Sorry, Los Angeles. But she walks over to like someone, uh, like a rich lady sitting in a convertible, and she just walks over naked, and and, and the rich lady's like, oh my god, are you okay? And she goes, I like your car. Cut. Cut. Cut to she's wearing her her leather suit outfit, driving her white convertible. She gets pulled over by a cop. And she's and this is a uh, they could cut this from the movie. She looks around, yeah. she's like a like a, a Victoria's Secret ad, being like, "Are you sexy? Is this sexy?" So I think it says the new sexy. Or yeah, something. and it's someone with a large-breasted woman wearing a brassiere, and so she makes her tits grow. Yeah, which is like maybe a bit on the nose, guys. I think that was a moment that that and the talk to the hand moment are the two things. Where yeah, I'm like, this and is... the sunglasses, I think. But even that, maybe. no, no, the sunglasses was great. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about. Yeah. This. <laughs> it's like a cop comes over to like after pulling her over for speeding and she makes her tits grow and, and, and he goes lady first off he checks him out he's like yeah. look at those terminator jugs and he's like lady you know how fast you were going she goes i like your gun and he's like huh <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think that's one maybe one of the few moments in the film where it's just like so beyond uh the tone that it stands out but overall like she sticks to what she does she's very quiet. She only says like a few words every now and again, like yum yum blood. I think yum yum blood. Yeah, she's, she's okay. Yum, yum, so this is times. a wonderful character design that I, I'm so happy is in this movie. But the way this Terminator analyzes blood is by licking it. I love so there's it. a few really truly bizarre shots of her licking blood, be it like a a, a discarded bandage or just blood she dug in someone's body. <laughs> it's real weird and it's awesome. It's good. I like. I don't think. It. There's any design about the T-1000 remotely as delightful as someone licking blood repeatedly. Right. It's so cool. What I a think gross, weird thing. It's It gives her very strange character. Like, you, you never see anything. Like, the worst, like, the only thing he does is go, mm-mm-mm, at the end of T-2. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not in the T-1000 schoolroom. God, that room, that scene sucking. Fucking 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 it's not it's not good at all no 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 she's sort of saucy and and like she's she keeps like sort of like turning her head like a lot of good eye work yeah. a lot of good face work mm-hmm. you know yeah like in, in i think at this point it's clear that it's becoming increasingly thankless to play the antagonistic version of the terminator and she says like it's fun 
She has I, fun with it. Her, her arms turn into cool blaster beam things. She, yep. she, her, her finger turns into like a needle that, that can control other cars. And honestly, you know, we talk a lot about set pieces in this movie, in these movies, because like that's sort of the whole thing. This movie has the a set piece that is immediately better than anything in T2 oh my God. very quickly. The only problem is that half of it looks like rubber because CGI from 2003 is not great. But the car sequence? Yeah, just like there's like with him like flying around on the crane. Oh, that's like, true. Yeah, there's just some stuff that looks a little like right. Matrix. Like in the Matrix two and three, it's like everyone has sort of like that rubber look to it. Right. The Hurley Burley famously looks like insane dog shit. Yeah, but I think that in the same way that you can forgive, like End of Alien, the, it's just a dude in a rubber suit. Like at the at Terminator two, like obviously it's just like stop motion bullshit. It's like yeah, practical does look a little more real, but it's just a product of the times. Right, Terminator you One. You mean with the, the sorry, Terminator One? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't just be like, "Oh, this sequence doesn't work because it was using CGI from 2003." It like it's successful. It's fucking a blast. Right? They knock over every goddamn Hold fucking on. thing. What does she do? Set it up. Well, she, I'm trying to train you like a dog. I'm not. This is not my role. I hold on. I I am purely now the setup guy. Yeah. You piece of shit. I'm the long metaphor guy. Oh, God. I'm the tell stories about my papa guy. It's true. It's people have come to know and love about the yeah. papa guy. Yeah, I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. Okay. Okay, so she, she we're at the vet. Sure. Uh, the, the, John Connor's like, get me the fuck out of here. He drives away with Claire Danes in the back of the car. Right. They think they're okay. Mm. Uh, then he, he hits somebody. Oh, wait, sorry. Going to go back. I'm oh, bad boy. at telling stories, but You're I'm going to try. I'm doing my best. Yeah, okay. She stabs her little finger into all the cars and, and trucks that are at the scene of the vet. The TX does, yes. Yes, the TX. Sorry, thank you. We're not using pronouns. We're telling a story. Okay. okay. Uh, all my stories are pronoun-based. Right. Whenever it's, I write a story... honestly I, incomprehensible. I don't use names of people. Which she is she. Yeah. yeah. In my That's mind, the title I, of one of Charles's books. Yeah. Uh, so And then the TX drives off in a giant truck while all the... Un- like unmanned cars are driving around by themselves. She creates a fleet where she's driving a massive crane with a huge rotating like back of crane device like swinging off the either side of it. It's so it's sick. It's fucking rules. And she has like a fleet of unmanned cop cars and ambulances and they're all swarming around the the, the veterinary clinic truck which is Claire Dane screaming in the back and John Connor spazzing out in the front seat and eventually of course joined by Terminator after a delightful series of things where he's jumping on the tr- the crane and she smashes him through like half like an entire block in LA she levels just try to kill Terminator it's so sick it's like a, a big ball swinging crazy action scene and it's like really fun it's really fun it's like they figured out a lot of things so one was like T1 very low budget car chases are between one person and one car yeah. or two cars basically it's like that's it you just have two parties they're chasing each other around it works T2 is like a huge budget, giant movie, and you still just have like these very boring chase scenes between two cars. I don't think they work. Here they're like, wait, she can control. They like make fleets of cars attack this one car. It's way more inter- interesting, way more exciting. And then it's like, I heard uh, a little rumor, yeah. piece of news. Okay. Uh, that they weren't going to break up, you know, that giant concrete building that they destroy? Yeah, it's awesome. It's like actually a real building. They weren't going to do it. And T- Arnie was just like, here is a check. It is knows no money numbers written on it. Write the number of numbers you need, and we will finish the scene. That's fucking delightful. Yeah, he like he, okay. We haven't t- we'll talk about his entry into the movie later, but like this dude has a lot of cash now, and he like immediately spends it on making the movie better. Yeah, I love Arnie. He made uh, as we found out. It, Do you want to tell that story now? Uh, a horrifying amount of money making this movie. His contract was for $29 million just to appear in the movie. And this is all hearsay from Mental Floss, Charles's favorite website. I mean, I, it hasn't steered me wrong yet. Uh, and yet I feel like inevitably it will. You think so? I, I think do, there'll yes. be a, a I think this will be, this a will be the, the, the outfall of uh, the, your downfall. Um, so, yeah, he got $30 million to be in the movie, whether the movie was made or not. And then in his contract, he also got $1.5 million to just have limousines whenever he wanted security guards around the clock uh what a life and then he was also given 20 percent of everything he he was given 20 percent of everything he didn't invest in it he just got 20 percent of all ticket sales all marketing for uh, or all um distribution rights dvd in flight this man made 90 million dollars 
that's your estimation, but it, it does seem like an absolutely insane amount of money. He made, probably made more. He probably made $100 million. By the time Arnold Schwarzenegger's demands were met, the budget of the film had risen to $187.3 million, making it the most expensive independently produced movie in wow. history. Wait, more than Star Wars? At the time, yes. Wait, when did Phantom Menace come out? Uh, 99. So when did the Return of the Jedi come or- Revenge of the... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, because I've always heard that the this prequels... Is 20, this is 2003. So this the is, prequels are the most expensive independent films ever made. I think that this is an individual film. Though. I think the metrics are different. Okay. Um, but long story short, I mean, this is an insanely massive movie. Um, wow, this is an indie film. And also, we talked about how, how uh, Arnold... I guess we're, we're transitioning over into full-termy talk now, which I'm yeah, very excited about. Because yeah. we're talking about tone, and I think no better yardstick of a Terminator film than... Arnold's performance and how they write the character. First off, though, you pointed this out to me, and I will uh, pass it along to the listeners. Arnold worked out for six months, about three hours a day before shooting this movie, and he claimed that he had the same body weight and muscle measurements as he had 12 years ago for T2. And let me say, Arnie is looking like a thick daddy. He looks the same. He looks eerily. Well, he looks older. It's he looks a tiny bit older, but he's like. Do you compare those pecs? He's the same wall of muscle for sure. And so we didn't talk about this, but in the second movie, um, when he goes to the biker bar to get his clothing, all the women there are like thrilled to see this naked man in his hog out. Yeah. Everyone's fucking like loving it. So in this movie, they're like, okay, he's going to go into a bar again, but let's have a little bit of fun with it. I know. I think that's fun. So he goes into a bar where it's ladies night and there's male strippers. And again, even more ladies are like, hell yeah, look at that Austrian hog just flopping around. Blah, blah, blah. Bloop, bloop, bloop. And this time he gets his clothes from a male stripper who, who infamously tells him to talk to the hand at one point, which is a great 2003 thing that they were like, let's just inscribe this into this movie's history forever. That's too talk bad. Talk to the hand. I wish that hadn't been in the movie. It was like a little bit of a callback to T2, and I think they should have just gotten rid of all mention of T2 stuff. Well, okay, so let's get into that. The problem with with Terminator and T2 is that all of a sudden he's sort of like their pet dog slash faux father figure slash guardian slash Faulknerian man-child. I mean, I always think of my dad as all of those things. Sure, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, an an emotionless wall of muscle and machine designed to kill. Yes. Um, You train him how to speak so people don't think he's a murderer. So in this movie, they have this really wonderful foot-in-either-camp thing where they basically... He is saucy and sort of funny and warm, but still the, his affectless nature is what makes him funnier. Yes. So instead of being like, what is love and tears? He's more like, you know, get in the van now and like hurl something Also, in the van. he's like, she's like, will you let me go if I tell you? He's like, yes. And then she tells him and he locks the thing. She's like, wait, I thought you were going to let me go. I lied. It's right. like robots lie. Like he just kills it. He, every Every line is delivered that same just... Very flat, deadpan delivery, but he's fucking... It's funny. Because he's, like, knowing and not being cute and parroting things in this as much, except for the talk to the hand moment, which is, again, not great. Should have been out of the movie. But everything... Most of the rest of the film, he has this, like, wonderful thing where, like, he's a self-aware enough. Where, like, he's learned something, but not, like, in the sort of, like, treacly way we see in two. And it, they really land it. Yeah. And I think uh, if we're talking arcs, he has an incredible arc. We'll talk about the talk about the arcs. I, I, I do like this a lot. It's really it's two is so stupid. Two like, is so dumb. I now must die. Like he learns that I will never be human, so I will just plummet into fire. There Why is one more like chip. This so bad. <laughs> I know it's the impersonator is gone already. Yeah. Um, but in this one, he his arc is to learn how to be a robot. Right. It's like it's really good. Like she. So basically, the plot of the movie is he is sent to protect again, which is great. And then throughout the movie, she corrupts him with her little finger. Right. And there's a great scene where he like goes to kill John Connor. I hate in the second one that well, he... When you say she say TX. Sorry, sorry, TX. Okay. Because Claire, me crazy. Claire Danes also has the finger thing Yeah, too. all so women in this... very confusing. It's revealed that all women in the Terminator-verse have uh, pointy fingers that control things like cars and men. Go yeah. Um, the second one, the like... You can't kill anyone because I'm a boy and I hate death. It's just like so fucking dumb and it doesn't amount to anything. In this one, I was like, ugh, it's back. He's like another neutered Terminator. But then it leads to like this pivotal moment where he's about to kill. He First of all, we learn that he killed John Connor in the future. This Which is, he, he just sort of says pretty candidly. Yeah, he's like, I killed you. Whoopsie. Potty foul in my pot. Yeah. Uh, so he, we learned that he's killed him he was then trained again not to kill people anymore 
and he's about to kill John Connor again. And here it's like this moment where he's like, do you fulfill your role as a computer robot or do you become back to who you were? Yeah. And it's like really interesting to see that he's grappling with these two things. He's been corrupted three times now. He was made to kill humans. He was then unmade to kill humans. And now he's back to killing humans and he has this choice. Does he fulfill his role as a good robot or a bad robot? And it's not just like this lame thing where it's like, James Cameron respects life too much, so he can't make a movie about death. You can just make movies about fireballs. Now it's like, this is actually a choice that he's making. He's now, like, we see the arc of this robot where he's now, he's like, I have a choice. Well, they give him an internal conflict, which is, like, really awesome. Yeah. And two, he has literally no internal conflict. No. He's got no arc. He's got nothing. Well, and in one as well. But in this time, they actually kind of, like, take that on a little bit and have the bravery to, like, try to, like, bring a complexity to him that wasn't there before. Yeah. And two, like, deliberately denies this by making him so flat and irritating. Yeah. Oh. But, yeah, yeah. like, turning Arnold Schwarzenegger, I, we haven't really talked, I like him as an actor. I... Like from Conan to like he just is perfect in there. He I, I think he are under- you a last action hero fan? I fucking love that movie. I gotta admit something. What? Never seen it. You, you got you of all people. That's definitely Arnold talking about Arnold. It's a very meta weird yeah. movie. It's delightful. Like Commando is one of my favorite movies. I think he just like really knows how to use his body and use his voice because he doesn't really speak English very well. But like he understands the ways that he can be funny and serious and like heartwarming. Well, so in, in this movie, too, like, we talked about how, you know, pretty much the second Terminator came out, he was fucking doing I'll Be Back and whatever in every other movie, yeah. regardless of, like, like just relentlessly. So in this movie, they actually manage, I think, to have a little bit of fun with this. One, at one point, the TX runs away, and he goes, she'll be back. Or he throws her down a hole. Or, yeah. yeah. And then and then he also goes, I'm back at one point in this. Yeah. It's like, it's like oh, okay, we're having a little bit of fun with this. Like, yeah. they know it's silly. It's not, it's not, like, badass or cool. It's just, like... It's like it's, it reminded me of John Wick, right? Yeah, like you know, <laughs> they get the character so much they can have him do Terminator stuff in a way that doesn't feel that forced or like sweaty, like into. Um, also, I wanted to share one of my favorite quote exchanges that I think captures the tone of the movie. Um, he's like, "Catherine Brewster, have you sustained injury?" And Claire it's, Danes goes, it's "His heart song. Drop dead at you asshole!" And he goes, "I am unable to comply." Yeah, it's like shit. Like it's like it's like cute and fun. Like I feel like you know, in, in T two, he'd be like drop dead asshole or like he like it would be like too like teaching the esl guy something i don't something. know what would happen like no one's particularly mean to him right like the fact that now he has this like being very literal thing going it's really funny and it's delightful and yeah, yeah he, he is a comforting figure on screen certainly for our generation you know this is really i was so steeped in the world of, of schwarzenegger growing up yeah me too. that even in this iconic role you know look is he scary as a terminator anymore no no but that's not what that's not really what he is supposed to be. Well, T2 broke that forever. Really d- d- definitively shattered that. And yeah. I think they've, they found a way to recover from that in this that really works. Yeah. This is like, this is a, a okay. If Terminator 1 is, you got the football to like the 30 yard line. And then Terminator 2 is a, f- a fumble. Yeah. Okay. There we go. And then Terminator 3 is, uh, they Someone on your team picks it up and gets it right back to the thirty. Maybe a little, maybe a little loss of yardage, but <laughs> it's a, a stack. Like it should have gone. It should have been a touchdown the other way. Wow, team this is three. really good. Good metaphor, yeah. Right. So like, let me. See. Yeah. So like, the fumble could have been disastrous, but it somehow worked. Okay, you know, let's just what hit I'm this saying in the bud is while we got something good going. They had to continue. Like it's it's impossible to recapture T1 now that T2 exists. Right. It, it so what they it. did was they picked up the ball that they were given. And they actually somehow turned it into something that worked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I think uh, this movie, as far as creating iconic visuals, which I think is always a real challenge in these movies, because, like, well, one, we talked about T2 is drenched in blue because James Cameron was in his, like, drenching things in blue era, and it's really annoying and it's stupid. And this is back to a more saturated dynamic visual color palette, which I like. Yeah, it's, it's a not little It's not like an incredible movie, and the colors are too saturated. It's, yeah. it's a bit... Even Whatever. on your terrible television, it's not that bad. You're such a little privileged baby. <laughs> that's when that's the your bass noises. When you listen to dubstep together, that's what Charles does. <laughs> Remember no. dubstep? Well, the, uh, yeah, it was ubiquitous. So now weird. it's vanished, like it yeah. never happened. Skrillex so was taken out and shot behind a barn. Um, no, so I wanted to ask you about what I think was my favorite set piece in this is the the the, the cemetery shootout. 
That was your favorite set piece. I think so because I like the idea like that. They're like, I'm going to take you to your mother's grave. And it's like, how did Sarah Connor go out? She, she was cremated, but this coffin's full of fucking bazookas yeah. and shit. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was much shorter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. But I just like that like, it busts open this like Sarah Connor's coffin and, and like just as as in death, as in life, filled with guns. Yeah. It was a great scene. That's when we learned that, no, we learned that she died in an earlier scene. Well, no, no. At, at this point, we know she's dead. It doesn't really matter when. But like, we go to her grave and realize that it's like a fake grave, which I love. I love that shit. Yeah, I, I like. As I said earlier, I, I really like. I like that Linda Hamilton wasn't in this movie. I because I don't. I'm gonna go out. I'm just gonna change. I'm gonna go out there. I don't think she's good. I really don't. I don't think she's a good part of the film franchise. And there's interviews where she's like, "This movie was bad, so I was. I they weren't gonna make my character any, any good." It's like. Dude, you're fucking dying of cancer, and you're like, you, it's great. She's like, she's got six months to live, but she somehow fights. Like, she's not fighting against machines and men anymore. She's fighting just to make sure that what she did was was good. And she lives for three years just to get past the date of the original explosion, and then she dies. I think it's really, like, that's a character arc. That's like, mm-hmm. she's not this, like, badass just for no reason that just, like, is it I, the ending in her? She just like basically falls apart. She doesn't kill the machine. She has to let Arnie do it for her. Wait, no, T two ruins her. I'm not blaming Lyndall Hamilton. I'm blaming. No, but I, blame, I don't. She's. I don't think she's a good actor. And I, I think I that, love her in one. In two, I, she I think is an iconic presence in two, but who's underserved by a bad script. Yeah, and I'm just glad that she like she looked at this and was like, this is not a movie that I want to be in, so I'm not going to be in it. And they're like, you know what? Fuck you. We're just going to write you out of the fucking movie then, whiner. Whatever. I, I would have loved to have seen her in this. It's a, it's a bummer. Well, however, again, as we talked about, we're all building up to T6 where we will have the gang back together. Yeah. Everyone's no, I, favorite, I, John Connor, Edward Furlong. Who I think go back his to... character is much like, he's like, I don't have any friends. I don't have any family. Like having the mother, like Cameron's mom fucking fetish is irritating. So many male directors have the same fetish. Yeah. I'm just saying Cameron yeah. doesn't have any idea how to do it well. He does not accomplish motherhood in a way that makes me care and just getting her out of the movie was great we just have this man who's left with nothing yeah no I, by I himself agree. yeah he and he talks about his mom once or twice and it's like yeah she was really important to him and she sort of fucked him up too and now she's dead and her body is turned into guns sure yeah in death she became as she lived a pile of weapons i, I do you didn't like the t2 version where edward furlong's like my mom really messed me up by dating around all kinds of different guys. Green berets, dude slapped her around, made me feel real left out and unloved. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hour five of him describing his <laughs> shitty childhood. He mentions it so many times. I do like maybe the event of T2 made it be so much less of a prick, though. Maybe that's the one thing that movie gave us. It seems like he's course corrected in his own life in T3. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I don't know. I, w- I, w- I would now watch... I think you could watch T1 to T3 without watching T2 and you would miss absolutely nothing. Like, I think well, that's I mean, a much better tonal, just like continuation of the franchise if you just got rid of T2 entirely. Well, I mean, no, that would be so confusing because like to understand the, the Terminator's arc, I think. This is my problem with the movie. Much like T1, T2 is this massive shadow that hangs over everything in this franchise, which I think makes this a really distinct series. Yeah. Because like, that movie was such a decided tonal shift and such an intense deviation from the first film. So yeah, and this one, to understand... We, as someone who's just watched these three movies back to back to back, we watch him figure out how to handle this massive transition in three. And I think the reason it's so satisfying, if we went from one to three, you'd be completely confused as to what was going on. So you're on. saying we needed the the No, path. I'm saying as a recovery, this is a yeah. recovery thing and it yeah. works. The fact that he's successful with a character that is straight up ruined in two is remarkable. Yeah. So I think like that's another franchise thing where it's like two might be a black hole, narratively speaking, for the series. But, like, you know, seeing him figure it out in his own terms in 3 is an accomplishment because of T2. Yeah. It's complicated. That's true. It's uh, the classic Jaws 3 makes Jaws 4 look like Jaws 2 situation. Exactly. Terminator 2 makes Terminator 3 look like... No, it doesn't make it look like Terminator 1, but it, it definitely makes it... It gives me a vantage that allows me to see what was successful. I think a lot of people be like, look at the bad effects, look at the weird colors. It, like moves around really strange but like it's a story it's paced well the characters all have arcs except for the terminator but the terminator never has an arc the terminator is there to be scary or a menace and everything i think works i don't think it's great but like we didn't i don't know if we really talked about the end but basically he's like 
we're going to go fucking save the day. We're a little late on Skynet, but the data told us how to get to the place where Skynet lives. We're going to blow it the fuck. And they get there and it's a fucking, it's a fucking underground bunker. Because the Terminator tricked him one last time and said, you must live, John Connor and Kate Brewster. You're going to date and have babies. Yeah, he says that exactly. Yes. So it's it's like, again, we talked like this character was all ready to become, uh, was he going to kill himself basically, right? Or no, he was, I guess he was going to blow it up in a, in a way that he, he could still live, but he wouldn't become a hero. Right. He was saying like, I will do anything to end this war before it starts, including my own heroicism. I don't care. If I, if I end up not being like the savior of humanity, I don't care. I want to stop the war. And the last, I think is his last line of the movie. Like who's in charge there? He's like, I am. And then Kate takes his hand. Because yeah. they're in love now. It's been 24 hours since her fiance was violently murdered. Now she's ready she to find love again. Guy. He was such a clown. He was a total Baxter. Yeah. Yeah. But okay, so let, we're at the very end, end of the episode here. We're at, at that classic moment where we ask, are you asking when will it end, Charles? Mm, no. Right. I don't, I don't want to speak for you. I am now very hungry for future wars. I would very much like to spend some time in future war, like nightmare dystopia, Terminator land. I think that's what we're getting. I, I do. I, at this point, I have no idea. Yeah. This movie I knew, like, again, it came out when I was in middle school. So, like, I was pretty aware of it, though I didn't see it in theaters. Um, but, like, now we're going off into the unknown for me. I don't know what's next. I, is this Christian Bale next? I don't know. Yeah, I think well, this is, is Arnold the... coming? I don't think so. No, I think he's out for the next two. I know he appears digitally in five, is my understanding. Oh, okay. I I saw the next two, but I have a very bad memory, so I don't know what's going to happen. Too many cigars. I just remember the lights. You trashed my fucking lights. What are the lights? Or to be fair, I think uh, pop culture has come around on Christian Bale because he's not wrong. Like this, that guy fucked up. He walked across like the set of the movie when he shouldn't have. They're working together. Like I, I, I yeah, get it. I get it too. I'd be fucking livid too if some like one person like literally fucked up the thing that everyone else was working on. Like I get that. Yeah. So I, I wanted to say I am on Team Bale. Team Bale. Because Is he a good guy? We'll have to. We'll find out. We'll do. We, some yeah, we have to do our research. I haven't looked up any sex criminals for this movie. But I'm for now, you're praying, Team Bale. I'm praying. What Schwarzenegger fucked his maid, right? Famously. Was it consensual or no? I, I don't I, I can't speak to that. I wasn't there. I, I haven't heard the testimony. I don't think there's a thing. But remember, he cheated on. He was married to Maria Shriver or whatever. Okay. From the Kennedy family. I don't think cheating on someone is bad. No, I'm just I'm just saying. Are we covering our bases? Here? So yeah, we'll do some research. Yeah. We'll make sure all the men. But we're both excited. I mean, I don't know. This was a real recovery. Three was really demoralizing. Two. And excuse two. me, two. My bad. Three. So sorry. I want to apologize to Nick Stahl. I want to apologize to what Marstow was the guy directed it. I kept saying it was a Marstow flick. Yeah, Marstow. Yeah, Jonathan Marstow. There we go, Jonathan Marstow. Um, yeah, the, the Mostow. Excuse me, Jonathan Mostow directed this. Hey, from Woodbridge, Connecticut. He's a New Englander. <laughs> uh, I did have that New England feel to it. it. Sure did. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I'm looking forward to more. I, I think this has really bounced back in a lot of ways, and I love the Terminator, and I think like the character himself. So I'm gonna, you know. We're wetting our appetites for six, and I'm ready for that. I want yeah. to set this table. I know Lindell's back in six, so I'm Lindell Furlong. That's and crazy. To me that Furlong that's somehow nuts. survived the '90s and 2000s and still alive, and is now back as John Connor. All the pictures of him look like he's melting. I don't know how he's gonna. I don't know. We'll see. This movie had a terrible CGI melting. Remember when she when when the the mannequin went and melts in the store? Yeah, that was, that was weird. Fucking awful. Looking. But yeah, we didn't talk about her death. Was actually like, oh, it was so sick. Fucking awesome. Like, well, she melts a couple times in the movie. Uh, there's like a massive super magnet that makes the TX melt at one point. And then at the end of the movie, though, when she's like being crushed and she goes in like full like and horrifying. She's, she's got the bomb in her mouth. Yeah, that was awesome. Oh yeah. god, this movie was fucking good. Yeah, like. I think the end of B, T2. B minus. All right. Hell yeah. B Getting up into the minus. B's. Yeah. They, they do a good thing where like the Terminator's like battery core is like a remote detonation like yeah. nuke until he kills her by shoving it in her mouth. He goes, you are terminated. Fuck yeah. We get that again. We get it. And it her works. Her death rules. I Like her is like, I don't know. Something about her being like liquidy like the T-1000 but not full liquid is like a nice compromise as well. Yeah. Because it actually makes a little more sense. The one thing. I'm going to, can I point out a little goof? Okay. Uh, if the whole point of them going to the bunker was to survive the uh, the nuclear bombing, uh, Terminator blows up the fucking door. Yeah. The, the blast door. It's not great. So I'm assuming they'll probably still die. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I guess I guess we'll have to live. Maybe it was learn. a really strong blast door. It, it looked like a big blast door. It was, it was very cool. big. I like that there was a blast door. I like that to run underneath the blast door. I, I love that in any movie. Yeah, yeah. He picks up his hat. Right. He goes. I'm the Terminator. Termination. I'm from the future, and I need your clothes. Join us next week for Terminator 4. Um, uh, any predictions for 4 before we go? No, just lights. Just the lights. You tried really vulgar lights. <laughs> <laughs> next week, join us for plenty of Christian Bale impressions. Yeah, here the impersonator will be back. Gotcha. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>